Hi, this is Catherine, and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. It's interesting how non-runners are often inclined to think of running as a mindless experience. No wonder they don't run. Oh, I'd just be bored, they say, as if the passing, moving world wouldn't provide enough entertainment. What do you do when you run? I run. I get the feeling about this point. Some sort of mental deficiency is implied on my part. Or, if not, immaturity, at least. In my head, someone isn't simply asking, why do you run? (laughs) They're asking why I want to wear ugly clothes and move unpredictably and generally avoid whatever important things I should be doing at home. And that's where I begin to stutter on about relaxation, processing time, and how I've learned really great discipline, which usually goes off on a bit of a tangent. What I don't tell them is, I like running because it's silly. To the non-runner, stepping out of your conscious mind and into scene after scene as offered up by the world must seem a bit like avoidance. It's a sort of cowardice, maybe, to get out of your thoughts, wheeling around themselves, and put them in the background for an hour or so. But I find the world is often brighter when I return, and thoughts are often clearer for the break. Just take one hour out to feel playful and alive. I have a strong image of myself 14 years ago, overweight from pizza and alcohol, without ever having donned a decent pair of running shoes, putting on my trainers and some vile baby pink joggers to attempt a 20-minute circuit of a Nottingham suburb. The whole thing was deeply stressful. Firstly, I was pretty sure I looked dreadful. Secondly, the whole thing was physically distressing to the point of being unable to think of anything else. I assume this is where non-runners usually turn their back. It was a frosty night and my lungs were burning. Thirdly, I was sure everyone who saw me was laughing. I didn't keep it up. That experience of running is devoid of any sort of fun. Self-conscious, uncomfortable, stressed and embarrassed. I will never poo-poo people who tell me that that's all running is to them, because for many that's very much where it begins and ends. I contrast that with my experience of running today though, and it's quite the opposite. Today I feel invisible when I run, passing through places that I wouldn't usually go. My body's default state is movement and it feels, in my familiar, comfortable running clothes, like the most natural thing. I'm completely unself-conscious. I'm not bound by the usual constraints of being a female either. I'm just free to be a runner, someone who passes by, who moves and sweats and steps around things and is gone. I'm in disguise in my most natural state. It's all in the mind, isn't it? Which is really what this entire series is about. And where do you find yourself most at ease and playful? Where do you have fun? It's always those places where you don't give a damn about what anyone else thinks, right? Mucking around on a PlayStation might be seen as childish in adults, but take reading fiction for another example. Reading is very intellectualised in our culture, but on many levels it's just letting your mind play in a private, imaginary place. I'd argue that being playful, pursuing boundlessness, is one of the most essential components of human happiness. When we have a secure, safe lifestyle, the thing that adds euphoria to everyday comfort is the ability to exercise and extend the limits of who you are without judgement or embarrassment. When we are children, we experiment with all of that, and it's accepted. What is it about being a grown-up that means you have to give up all the fun? Why then does playfulness find itself consigned to a private realm of childish things and luxuries? Some people are happy to challenge this publicly and act out all sorts of strangeness. But it's sometimes not welcomed by others, who may find it uncomfortable and react negatively. Showing your inner child and its vulnerabilities can cause other adults to cringe rather than respect you because we all learn to suppress that part of ourselves to project responsibility. And that's why I run. It's my secret place to play. Look at it like this. Being grown-up says you have to be sensible and behave and earn money and save your retirement and please the other adults and worry about grown-up things. Indeed, this sort of mature approach definitely helps when, for example, your roof gets blown off at 3am in a storm and your flat is pouring with rainwater. That happened the other day. 
On the other hand, when your roof is mended and you've done all those extra shifts and you've been a really responsible human, how do you let off steam? I don't want to drink. I don't want to sit and think how great life is going to be in 30 years' time. It just doesn't feel good in the same way as dicking around with a good friend does, or, as I've discovered, running. I was inspired to start writing this episode in early February when a shock of warm weather arrived and set the world spinning on a mad euphoric axis away from the winter gloom. There was one particularly bright day when a good tune came on in my headphones and I found myself doing a little dance crossing the road. I didn't know what I was doing until I was dancing in public. Luckily, I was in my running disguise, so I could run off pretty quickly, but then all the music just sounded so good that day, I just kept having little dances when I got to the park when nobody else was about. There wasn't anything physically different about me that day, but there was something lighter in the rhythm of the world. It was really nice to be silly and enjoy music and have a laugh at myself. I felt a buoyancy in connection with everyone and everything I passed that was more lasting, more willing, more intentional. Then, as the warm weather continued, running downhill from Crystal Palace one day, just the warmth of the sun on my skin made me feel alive within every pore. The wind was quite strong. I could feel it whipping through my hair and fingers and all my legs because I was wearing shorts. I pretended I was flying. And everyone seemed to be smiling and relaxed and happy in the streets. Here we all were, stealing ourselves for a bitter month. And it's like nature just gave us a get-out-of-jail card. Londoners stood on glittering platforms, sunlight on their cheeks, big ripe moons glowing over the city by night, snowdrops chased by crocuses, blossom, daff, cyclamen, and camellia, all like some wild dream, and it all gathers, gathers up to an overflowing, catching in a smile. Gritting your teeth through winter, and then sighing when the sun comes out, is just the same feeling as being very serious, very hardworking, very responsible and prudent, and then being completely silly for no particular reason. Playfulness is the spirit laughing. It adds gravitas to heavier moments, as those heavier moments add joy to the lighter ones. I'm sure the inclination to play is a sign of rude mental health. This has all been particularly poignant to me in the last year. I stopped updating this podcast for a while because I was really having a bad time with depression. It was quite brief, but it did feel like forever. Time went all funny. The worst thing about it was trying to pretend that it wasn't happening because I so desperately wanted to be happy after I'd mended on the surface the way my world had turned upside down. By not being happy, it came to feel like I was letting down everyone who had a stake in my happiness. I felt very trapped by everything, and as a consequence ended up having awful panic attacks. With those, although they were not very nice, it was like the spirit was hammering on me from the inside to say that I was alive. The only place I felt it was safe to listen was when I was out running. Running was functional in easing the distress. If the body is moving, the lungs are breathing and the heart is beating. The eyes are blinking, the mind is thinking, the soul is moving, not stagnant inside you. What I'd completely forgotten about during that time was all playfulness, though. The most striking thing about depression is how all the usual joyful things don't have their same qualities. You can see they are the same, and it's you that have changed, but you can't force yourself to feel them. After I had faced up to my problems and worked hard to fix them, the good weather came, and it was like a reward for sticking at life when it all seemed impossibly bleak. So when that day came, earlier this year, and when I did a grapevine across the road to a bit of Donna Summer, and jumped really high over a stream to a bit of Bowie, and soared across a field to a bit of Daft Punk, that was the day I knew I was mended, because I'd begun to play again. Play is important. Happy running to you and your beautiful, playful heart.